this is Victor Young, your daily life coach, and we have a fantastic podcast for you today. Every parent who is interested in seeing their young child, little Johnny, little Susie, become a professional, an entrepreneur, a scientist, a business leader, a leader of any kind, just successful. You want to listen to this podcast. Even if even if your child is two years old, you got to start now. You, you, if you wait until three, it could be too late. Just make it happen right now. I'm going to wait. Make sure you turn this up. Make sure you get a pen handy. Make sure you get ready to forward this to your friends and family. I've got an interview today with a millennial. Yes, I have a real live, caught in the wild, millennial in the studio that we're going to speak to you about. Post-recession millennial work habits and entrepreneurship. This is the biggie, folks. This is the big interview we've all been waiting for. This is the insight and information we've been dying to hear. These are the questions that major fortune companies are spending billions of dollars to find out. And I've got it for you right here on today's podcast with the Daily Life Coach. By the way, if you're not following the Daily Life Coach, make sure you check me out at the Daily Life Coach on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn, Victor Young. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Victor Young. You can find me on Pinterest, The Daily Life Coach. You can also find me on Tumblr, The Daily Life Coach. You can also find me on Google Plus, The Victor Young. Did I leave anything out? I think I got it all. I've got it covered. Oh, my website. Oh my gosh. It's abolve, 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 dot, the daily life coach dot com. If you want the blog, forward slash over to blog. If you want the podcast, hit the forward slash over to podcast. If you would just want to explore the site, knock yourself out. Just explore. Scroll on your mobile device. It's all mobile optimized. Check it all out. Let's get started today. Once again, we're going to talk about, in case you're just joining us, this is a conversation with a millennial. Not just any millennial. We have a very special millennial in our studio today. But before we introduce our millennial, I just want to give a shout out to the island nation of Jamaica. Thank you for all of your questions, feedback, comments, and following the Daily Life Coach on Facebook at over 3,000 strong. The island nation of Jamaica is hungry, thirsty for knowledge. They are looking to become power players on a global stage economically, and I'm loving it. So keep the questions coming, keep following, and I'm planning some dates in 2017 to visit Jamaica, and we're going to put on some sessions and expos. We're going to bring some of the best speakers, motivators, inspirational talks, and more importantly, we're going to do some grassroots, bring your business concept, microphone, small groups, competitions. We're going to dig out businesses and make some stuff happen. We might even bring some people to put together some financial deals while we're in Jamaica. So start thinking about that right now, Jamaica. I'm coming to see you spring of 2017. Get the jerk ready, the pimento wood, little walkers with seasoning. I know how to make this stuff. I'll see you then in, in Jamaica. Let's get started. I'm going to introduce our very special guest in the studio, fresh in from the city of Las Vegas, Nevada. 
for those of you familiar with that part of the country. Z West Coast, so hopefully she's awake. I'm going to introduce Miss Anita Reese Young O'Hara. And she is a professional that's aimed, that's focused, that's targeted, that's driven to change the world. She's the founder and executive director of Virtue and Value-Based Consulting. It's a firm that offers life coaching, consulting, and personal project management. VVB integrates faith-based values and virtues with a positive moral focus. VVB Consulting provides clients with inspirational support, advice for all the tough stuff life brings. Just bring it. Doesn't matter what it is. Dog bitch you. Ate your homework. Your laptop stolen. Need a job. Resumes. It doesn't matter. Bring it all. You went bankrupt twice. Don't do it a third time. Call VVB. Frankly, if you want to remember VVB, Virtue and Value Based, I, I like Victor Victor. Bravo. But we're just going to leave it Virtue and Value Based Consulting for now. All right. I bring to you Miss Anita Reese O'Hara. How are you doing this evening? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? Thank you. There's something. There's something. I, there's one other thing I just want to bring up before we start this interview. This this millennial that we have here, 28 years old. Can I say that? You're young. You're not going to. I can say 28. Right? Hmm. 28 years old, millennial, graduated from the University of Florida. You're not going to do the go-, go Gators. All right, I was waiting for that obnoxious Go Gator thing. But she, you know, hey, I, I've got some money invested in this, so I, I can't say it's obnoxious at this point. So graduated from the University of Florida and uh, has a graduate degree in life sciences, uh, minor in leadership, area of uh, specialization in human services, and uh, she's halfway through her master's in business administration with dual concentrations in project management and marketing. So I must say, much smarter than I am in the books. You know, I, I got, uh, how far did I get to my master's degree? Um, I'll come back to that in a minute. Anyway, much smarter than me in the books, and congratulations on your success there. Con- welcome to the studio. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. So, you know, I just I thought it'd be great to have you on the show because we could actually talk to some parents about. Uh, I mean, you're a you're a full on raging millennial. I mean, you're just right there. I mean, it's not even any of that trailing extra in you. There's no Gen Z. You're not on either end. You're just like straight, full blooded millennial. That's right. Mm, full blooded. We even checked DNA before this uh, podcast to ensure that. We did not have a perpetrator in our studios in our midst, so uh, yes, it's been official, it's been authenticated, and uh, you're full-blooded millennial. So, so tell us, uh, you graduated what year from University of Florida? 2009. 2009. So you graduated at the really in the, in the still the kind of the ramp up of the recession. Just about. Yeah. I was 21. 21 years old. What were your expectations when you came out of college and and and, you know, to come and conquer the world with this degree at University of Florida. Great school, by the way. Indeed, indeed. Uh, exactly that. I expected to conquer the world. I thought, hey, I've got a degree from the Ivy League School of Florida. I'm going to go and find a great job paying at least 50000 a year minimum with maybe even some bonuses attached. And uh, I'm going to change the world, retire when I'm 45. It was just an expectation, and most of us had it. Why did you have that expectation? You know, it's kind of been bred into us. You know, you go to college, that's that's just what you do now. As a millennial, we are all expected that if you don't go to college, well, well what are you going to do? So when you do go and you end up there, you think, well, hey, I did what I was supposed to do. Now you're going to do what you're supposed to do and give me my job. Hmm. 
Give me my money. I want it now. <laughs> well, I can't say whose commercial that is, but it's pretty funny, actually. Um, you know, that that's something that I think more than one parent has experienced, more than one graduate has experienced, and I think it's something that we're going to continue to see. I don't think it's something that went away with the recession, although, uh, you know, the economy has improved dramatically since 2009. We're still seeing a situation where we have some very qualified individuals that um, are in the workplace right now with with unable to meet expectations. And so we wanted to chat about that and see what it's like because you're kind of reinventing yourself right now. I mean, that's a reinvention process. Yeah. So, so tell us, just give us a little insight quickly on, on how do things go for you when you came out of school, you had this expectation to make $50,000 a year, you've done your part, you've got your education, you've got your degree from a great school, and then what? Well, uh, walked across the stage, expected to see the calls rolling in, maybe put a few resumes out there, and boom. Uh, but unfortunately, it didn't work that way at all. Actually, for the most part, many of the jobs, and I say jobs with an S because it was multiple jobs, not careers, J-O-B-S. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to find anything that was full-time, paid well, great benefits, or even um, many jobs or, or businesses that were able to stay afloat. In fact, three of the businesses I worked for in a two-year span shut down. One of them actually burned down the day before I was supposed to start work. So I've just faced a lot of, you could say bad luck, but really, what is it? What is that called when you go somewhere and you expect something and it, it isn't there anymore? I think, you know, sometimes Gen Xers, we see these young people coming and we'll burn the place down before we get a job. So. <laughs> Only kidding. A little bit of arson humor. Um, that, it that, wasn't me. That is crazy. I mean, the place actually burned down. So we, some bad luck on that. Where, where'd you go from there? Well, um, actually, I started working at an elementary school and that was one of the places that shut down. And so I said, OK, you have an option now of continuing to look for jobs, J-O-Bs, something to go paycheck to paycheck, something to pay the rent, or you can step outside the box. Might struggle a little bit, but why not try being an entrepreneur? And so I had a conversation with my father. <laughs> and, brilliant, brilliant man. <laughs> brilliant. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of this guy. And he mentioned, well, what would you want to do if, if, you, if money didn't matter? And I said, wait, money doesn't matter? And so we came to the agreement that I would be a great consultant, but I had no idea what that actually meant. <laughs> so it took a little bit of time for me to discover what kind of consultant do I want to be? Where do I want to go? How do I want to do things? And that's how VVB Consulting was born. I knew that I wanted to help people and I knew that I wanted to help people in a way that was ethical, morally right, and also encouraging just to the average Joe Schmo. And so I went that way, and now I've uh, been working with VVB now for three years, and we're expanding into some new areas, projects, and ministries, and things are going pretty well. Fantastic. Where did, where did you kick things off? And, you know, oftentimes when you start a business, one of the most difficult things to do is establish a client base, um, you know, find clients, I mean, you, you, to get cash flow. Definitely. How would you, you start making cash? How would you start making money? Funny story, um, I'm a millennial, so I went to Facebook, I went to Twitter, I went to Instagram, and I just basically started being encouraging and speaking out and talking about things, things that mattered to people, not just my age, but I found 
many people, many different generations and types of people, races, uh, genders, a lot of people care about changing the world and making things better. So I stepped out really on a leap of faith onto social media and found that that was the best way for me to make clients come to me, run to me, rush to me to say, hey, I want to be like you. I want you to help me out. And it worked very well. The first thing I started with, surprisingly enough, coming from uh, <clears throat> multiple job searches, multiple interviews and all that was collegiate and career help. So helping people 20 years my senior with setting up a resume, showing them how to use the computer, soft skills, simple things like that, and even in going into interviewing, because I could get the job, but would it not burn down? No guarantee. <laughs> okay. So tell me this. Do you, yeah, how many siblings do you have? Well, uh, there's four of us, <laughs> four total. Uh, I've got two of my favorites, though. Don't tell them. <laughs> How 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 have your siblings either motivated you, demotivated you, uh, inspired you? What is it like having you're, you're the oldest, correct? That's right. So how how has that affected you as well, being the oldest? I mean, and and trying to set a I guess an example and trailblaze for the other little youngsters. Well, you hit the nail on the head there. The reason that I've always been so motivated to do well, to graduate college, you know, I started college at 16 years old, uh, finished at 21 with an extra semester there. I was I was a little ashamed. You know, I, I should have finished in four years. Right. But I knew that if I wasn't going to complete these things that my sisters were watching, you know, I'm the oldest of five girls. And so knowing that they were there in that younger years coming in as those younger millennials who Facebook has always been around. Instagram has always been around. How could I show them how to be not just a lady, but a strong, independent person? And so that was a strong motivator for me, making sure that I was doing the right things because I knew they were watching. Okay. You know, and that segues to something else. Um, if you haven't figured it out by, by now, this is my daughter, Miss Anita Reese Young. O'Hara. Hello, Father. Hi there, child. How are you? <laughs> and and so, what was it like? I know growing up with me, I can be intense sometimes. Oh, really? On occasion. Oh, okay. Not often. No, no, no. Never I'm just that. like easy like Sunday morning, like chocolate ice cream on a sunny day. So so tell me what what was it like? Um, I guess walking in my shoes, for lack of better words, did it add any pressure that I knew I was, I've always been driven and, and working hard and creating wealth and, and moving and shaking because, and the reason I asked you this question is because there's a lot of, of business owners, men and women alike who own businesses and they have children and, and, and children look at, you know, their parents or they look at their father who's an athlete or their mother who was in the Olympics or their mother who's an attorney or their father who's a doctor. What type of, uh, Pressure or motivation does that does that put out there for you? You know, I think that depends on how these people are raising their kids. You know, you didn't raise me to have low self-esteem or to to not believe in myself. And so being your daughter helped me understand that my job was to double your portion. I had to do better than dad. And the better dad did, yeah, the pressure was definitely on and it definitely got intense. But the one thing that you made sure to do was to raise me right. So all those years where you were speaking and saying, I know you're probably not listening, <laughs> but one day this will come in handy. Well, so you listen, sure to that, you listen to that part. <laughs> I knew you end. listened to the part where I said Just you weren't the listening. End. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it really did come in handy. So those moments where you're standing somewhere and you're saying, 
goodness gracious, which way do I go here, left or right? I'd hear your voice in the back of my head, go left, go right. And it really helped. It really worked. So again, it's not necessarily just about who your parents are, what they do. It's also about what they put into you, what they give back to you. And to be truthful, you spent a lot of time investing in me, no matter how busy you were. You made sure that I understood what was going on. So even if we only had a little bit of time, you were telling me about work and business and making sure I understood. And that's where at 23, 24, 25 years old, I was able to say, I want to start a business. And I did it. Yeah, good. That, you know, that leads me to another another question. This was a real, I shouldn't even ask this question, but I'm going to put myself out there on this one. Uh-oh. Um, whew, a lot of parents struggle with quantity time mm. versus quality time versus bringing money into the house and, and paying for college tuition and for cars and for houses and educations and groceries and all the other stuff that goes with it. What do you think about that balance of time versus quality time versus all the other stuff? And how do you feel you were affected by that? And, and did you did you ever feel like there was something you needed more of that you didn't get? You know, I think we all do, especially when you're when you're young and you're in that teenage years. Nothing's ever enough. Right. Mm-hmm. I need more, 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 because if I have more, I'll get there. But now that I'm a bit older, not going to repeat my age there. Hopefully they forgot. Uh, but now that I'm a bit older, I've realized that I had exactly what I needed. You know, I didn't know when I was young that you were working so hard to get me to a new place because I didn't even know that we were or weren't doing well. I had no idea. All I knew was my dad was there. Whenever I went and stayed with him, I had a great time. He talked to me. He spent that time. And it was really because you found a way, in spite of that busyness, to find balance. And that's unfortunately a problem nowadays is there isn't a lot of that. People spend a little bit too much time watching TV or a little bit too much time perhaps on uh, social media. And you end up losing that balance because you say, oh, I don't have any free time. I don't have any spare time. But it's because you're not maintaining and being equally yoked and, and dividing your time properly. You know, something else I want to bring up, and thank you, thank you. That's a great. Uh, you didn't slay me on this podcast. You I could. tried. <laughs> so, you're 28 years old. Oh come on! H- how tough was it growing up with a father? I had a, my first daughter at seven, so I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30 years, 35 years old right now. So, oh, good one, Dad. <laughs> Well, so, okay, so I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit older mm. than 35. Mm. However, I was still a young dad. That's right. So, let's answer that question. Watching, watching me along the way from being a young father, and 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 then fast forward to the time you're graduating, and most people were having kids when you were frankly getting ready to leave for college almost. Yeah. They were just kind of having kids, and and you were already 16 years old because I was a a teenage dad. And so you were, you know, I was in my 20s when you were leaving for college. Oh, okay. So with that said, let me count that up. Yeah, I don't know. Nope, you're you're right, Dad. 29. You're 29. Anyway, (laughs) I don't have a calculator. It's close. (laughs) Maybe maybe early 30s, but I was young. So how was that? Watching the development of me developing into a entrepreneur, dad, you know, business owner and all the other things I had to be at that time. To be honest with you, I think I'm lucky. And, I, you know, I realize that 
my sisters are definitely blessed, especially my baby sister. You know, she, she sees the nice things, the nice house, the nice cars and clothes, and, and she has everything she can't want for anything. But in truth, I, I probably could have if I had known that I had all these things I could have been, you know, quote, lacking and watching you go from, you know, working in these dealerships and, and just working your butt off to, to make these things work and to really get to that. I want a house. I want whatever toy I want this week. And I don't mean my toys, people. I mean his toys. OK, nice cars, boats, et cetera. He worked for it. And being able to see you work for those things showed me, oh, if I work, I get. And if I don't work, I don't get. And so I think I was actually pretty lucky to see that transition as you going from, hey, I'm a sales manager to, no, I'm a, I'm a president. And now going on to, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm the youngest black this or the youngest that in general. And it's just a great feeling because I've got to see what a lot of people didn't get to see. And that's your prequel to success. Ah, if you know what? Thank you. That's a great segue. If you haven't listened to the prequel to success, it's a blog from... Uh... I'm sorry, a podcast from last week. You got to check that one out. But, uh, you know, all these things go into the making of an individual, you know, the making of a millennial. How do you make a millennial and, and, and find success as a millennial? And that's why I wanted to do this podcast because it's not an easy road. It's a huge generation. Times are changing. We're in an innovation age. We're leaving generalized industries where they just need bodies and, and pay big, big dollars to bodies to go and do, you know, menial tasks or manufacturing tasks because, frankly, there's robotics, there's technology, there's software. So we're continuing to eliminate headcount. We're, we're right. continuing to eliminate the need for people to do things. And so every time there's another brilliant millennial who invents something, it might take the job of another 500 or 1,000. Right. So although it's exciting and we celebrate each other through our innovation at the same time, we have to start thinking about how are we going to live, make money, create new jobs and new opportunities and find ways to get to reinvent, you know, the, the skill set and determination and drive reboot jumpstart individuals out there to get them back in the game. And so, Sounds like VVB Consulting really does that. You're able to go out, like you said, and develop soft skills if individuals don't have that, get them back in the right direction, sort through their resumes, uh, find industries that may organically fit around their current skill set that they're not even considering. I mean, that's stuff that we don't oftentimes do, is, and that's immersion. You have to immerse yourself into your industry. You know, Real estate, getting a real estate license doesn't mean I'm going to go and sell a house. You can actually work as a business broker and sell companies. You can work as a uh, under a management company and actually manage properties. I mean, there, the list goes on. You can become a broker and not really sell and just manage and lead and and do the business side of real estate. You can do commercial real estate. I mean, the list goes on with different things that you can do with a real estate license. But if you just think I'm a realtor. You cut yourself short. And sometimes it's good to have someone who can stand back, look at you, look at your skill set, look at your personality, and be able to help you move in that right direction. But but first, you have to be open to it. That's right. And and willing to learn. And, and it sounds like you, you told me about having clients that were 
20 years older than you. Yes. I mean, how that how that work out for you and how did they receive you and perceive you and work with you? Well, I know you're too young to know this, uh, but the millennial generation is definitely different than the baby boomer generation. And the even some Gen Xers and Gen Yers can be so different. And so one of the things that I've, I've met a lot is, is a bit of stubbornness. And kind of disbelief in the truth of where we are in these times. You know, they don't want to believe that, you know, the sci-fi of uh, artificial intelligence is here. But in truth, it is. You've got robots doing surgeries nowadays. So trying to help them move forward, the first step that we usually have to take is just saying, let's talk truth for a minute. And that's usually the hardest part and that hardest hump to get over is, look, your your resume does need to look different. You know, you're you have to do things online nowadays. Oh, goodness. The computer thing. You can't just walk into a place like you used to be able to shake hands and say, hey, I'm here for a job. You got to go through and fight with 500 to even a thousand other individuals for every job. And no one even sees your resume because you got a computer weeding things out with an algorithm. So getting through that hump of the new era, the new age that we're in has definitely been a struggle. But in truth, I think that those are the clients who get the most out of it. Is, is being able to find out, hey, I, I was just behind the times, and now that I'm here, I think I can make this work. Fantastic. You know, just to give you a quick definition, uh, in case you don't know, and these are these are rough numbers. I mean, there's when you look online, you'll find give or take a year or two. But right now, millennials in that are in that 18 to 33 age group, roughly, give or take a year. Some people say 19 to 34, but roughly that gives you an idea. 34 to 50, roughly in that age group, are your Gen Xers. And then your 50 plus, 51 plus uh, gets into your boomers, and we're you know we're going to f- not focusing on the veteran generation as much right now because most of those aren't uh, the numbers aren't huge that are in the workforce. So right. we're kind of looking at boomers right now. We're looking at Gen Xers and millennials today. We're looking at millennials specifically. Um, you know, one other thing I want to bring up: there seems to be a very interesting dynamic between Gen Xers and millennials, <laughs> and, and it seems like. Well, you're laughing already. Gen Xers, we kind of look at millennials sometimes and we think, Google can't tell you everything. you got to learn something. <laughs> you got to have something in your own head. It can't all be off the Internet. And then sometimes, you know, millennials look at us and they're like, why do you need to know all that stuff? Just Google it. <laughs> you don't need there. to learn that stuff. <laughs> you're slower trying to remember that. So, right. so efficiency versus old school knowledge and and workmanship and craftsmanship versus technology. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, when you, you've kind of had an opportunity to work with Gen Xers, uh, some boomers, but Gen Xers and millennials, what's your opinion on how they work and how they work with each other and how they think? And 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 then I got another question after that, but answer that one for me first. Well, I have to say that if there's no respect. You know, if if a millennial cannot respect the knowledge and the wisdom and really the, you know, I had to walk five miles in the snow kind of thing, you know, if they cannot respect the truth of what that Gen Xer has gone through and vice versa, if that Gen Xer looks down on that millennial and says, you kids, you don't know anything, you just Google it, you don't actually have any real knowledge, well, that's where that rift is is worse. I mean, it's the worst there. But I think that if we can learn to start really coming together, you know, one of the main things I, I really thrive on is collaboration and communication. That's what I think a successful society really needs. And so if we can learn to come together and say, hey, I've got this project and I know you've got that old school wisdom and I've got this new school wisdom, I think that's what's going to allow us to come together. But again, there has to be that respect. And that's that's really our problem now is there isn't much there. Hmm. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I agree. You know, we're probably going to have to get uh, we may have to get you on our human technology solutions oh, project. Oh, definitely. We we need some bright millennials, especially with life sciences degrees, to work with our our technology, our engineers and and uh, designers. But another, I've got another question for you. How do you mo- how do you motivate a millennial? Does does money? If I say, for example. If you work 70 hours a week for me, you're going to make, you know, six figures. Is is that motivational for a millennial or what motivates a millennial? I don't want to tell you no, because that would be kind of going a little far, but I don't think so. The reason I say that is because we believe that we might be able to make the same money that you're talking about in a week if we can make it work. <laughs> and, you know, that's I think that's because you Generation Xers encouraged us. Just like your parents, those boomers encouraged you to be innovators. And so when you tell me, hey, you got to do it for this many hours, I say I can cut that in half. So I think that money is a motivator in the sense that we know we know that we need it to do the things that we want to do. But we're also not willing to sacrifice our own joy, our own happiness, just so that you can, you know, give us a little bit of money. It's not the same. It's not Mm -hmm. worth it for us. Okay. All right. Good answer. I respect that. I respect that. So for all your parents out there who uh, was part of the everybody gets a trophy, you just got beat up with your own trophy. <laughs> Melinda's like, what? I get a trophy anyway. I'm not working 70 hours. Are you kidding me? I'll work 35 and give me my trophy. <laughs> now, anyway, it, it, that's good stuff. Um, so VV, a supernatural speculative science fiction book series like in the Harry Potter and, and the Hunger Games. Tell us about and and Faith of Love Ministries, which is a Bible-based preaching and teaching ministry. Tell me, tell us about those two new projects you have coming online right now. Well, uh, Vivi is going to be huge. Let me just start by saying that this this book series again similar. Think about the Harry Potter, the Twilights. Um, it's a series because I know how much us millennials we have a bit of an attachment to good storytelling and and connecting with characters on that long-term basis. Um, so. This is going to be something where you can connect and say, hey, not only did I know these characters, but I know their siblings. I know their parents. I know why they are, who they are, how they are. And so uh, it's going to be coming out in these next few years. I'm about uh, 50,000 words into the first book. All books have been completely developed and they're just ready to be written now. Um, and in terms of faith to love ministries, this ministry is, is very simply put, um, I have a lot of people because I do a lot of faith based virtue, virtuous and and value based teaching on my personal Facebook page. That's Anita Reese Young on Facebook. Um, because of this, these things that people see, they're encouraged. And so they reach out and they say, hey, can you help me with this? I have a question for this. Sometimes it's directly on my page, but I get a lot of personal messages as well. And I realize that the common denominator is there's a lack of love. We're, we're missing out, people. We've we've closed ourselves off to love. We're afraid to love. And so this ministry is going to help people have the faith to believe, to believe that love can really conquer all. Because, you know, nowadays that kind of stuff is cheesy. It's corny. Nobody wants to hear about that. You know, the R&B songs aren't like they used to be, right, Dad? Back in the, oh, what, what year was that? Oh, I won't go there. Uh, so, yes. Back in these, the 90s when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, yes, yeah, so these two projects are, are, are my new focus here. I've been dealing with these now for about a year and a half, and um, things are, are going out well. Faith to Love is actually fairly new, and if you do uh, start following me on that personal page, you will be able to see some of these different uh, preaching messages. They're going to be video um, and also podcasts. And so I think they're really going to help 
help you to to get some encouragement, especially for my you know faith believing uh, individuals, but also for people who are just looking for something positive, something new, something good, something inspirational. Fantastic. So we can find you on Facebook at Virtue and Value Based Consulting, on Instagram and Twitter at VVB Consulting. And how about Facebook? How can we find you on Facebook? Um, Facebook, you can just look up the page, uh, but you can also find me, Anita Reese. You might want to write that down. That's Anita Reese, A-N-I-T-A-R-E-C-E, and that's Anita Reese Young. So if you just look for me there, I've got a lot of followers and people who are subscribed to the page as well. And, again, if you're looking for a positive um, bit of flow on your news feed from some of the things that you're constantly seeing and being inundated with nowadays, definitely I encourage you to add me there so that you can get a little something good to see when you wake up in the morning, some happy news, if you will. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Anita Reese. There you have it, folks, a conversation with a millennial. If you have a child who's out there, who's trying to find their way, who's looking for some motivation, some direction, have them start their own business. There's a lot of things they can do out there. Uh, very bright individuals. Millennials that are partnering right now are figuring things out and creating a lot of solutions and creating applications and, and businesses and services. You know, uh, encourage them to be creative. Invest. You know, I always invest in my children because I want them to make sure they have exceeded all things I have exceeded or I've, I've accomplished in my life. And not necessarily everything has to be on a dollar amount. I want them to be able to leave a better mark on the planet than I have uh, been able to leave so far and what I plan on doing. So I encourage you to invest in your kids and uh, allow them to go out there and make some great decisions and make some bad decisions and figure some things out and make it happen for you. This is Victor Young, and I am your Daily Life Coach. And I just want to thank you for joining us on this podcast and you can find me once again at thedailylifecoach.com. You can find me at Facebook at thedailylifecoach.com. Instagram and Twitter. Pinterest, Tumblr at TheVictorYoung. And YouTube is coming online soon. And, and you can find The Daily Life Coach on YouTube as well and check out our web series. Thanks a lot for joining me and we'll catch you next time. Have a great day. And remember, have courage and live fearless, my friend.